I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Dirk with the mask. What up, what up? You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. This is Isaac, one of your co-hosts. I'm a contributor to Mavs.com. I am not joined today by Nick Ingstead, uh, the other co-host of this podcast. And this is the last time I'm going to say that because Nick will be back for the next podcast. Uh, Nick works for the Free Dawkins YouTube channel. And he has been off the past uh, two weeks on vacation. Uh, So I have obviously been filling the void over the past two weeks. I appreciate the feedback. Uh, It's obviously not super easy to do this without Nick. Uh, We tag team this podcast every single day talking about the Dallas Mavericks offseason, during the season, free agency, trade deadline, all year round. Uh, We've literally done over 500 podcasts together talking about the Mavericks over the past uh, two, three years. So it's not easy doing without Nick. Nick is, uh, this is what he's born for. He's uh, great uh, doing media stuff and podcast stuff, and uh, this is his forte. So uh, me trying to hold down the fort while he's gone, uh, I've tried. Uh, so I've, I appreciate people uh, reaching out, letting me know uh, that you've enjoyed pods over the past uh, few weeks. Uh, if you haven't, I've tried to bring uh, some different uh, guests on the show uh, typically this time of year, it's kind of a weird, uh, time of the year. I don't like bothering players right now, uh, because most of them are just doing their own thing. Like this is, uh, this is their off season. I like to respect, respect that right now. And, uh, most of them, oh man, they're traveling the world, going to different islands and hanging out with their families. And they talk to us media, uh, enough. So, uh, it was a weird time. Like Nick goes, is on vacation. So I'm trying to figure out, oh, who can I get as guests? And, uh, a lot of the organization, uh, is gone. You know, a lot of them do, uh, their vacations obviously during the off season too. And, and the players, I just, uh, I typically want to leave them alone during this time. And so once the season starts back up, we'll try to get a few more players in here. Obviously yesterday I had Antonius Cleveland, um, uh, Antonio, Antonius had been on this uh, podcast before and, um, he was just recently signed to a two-way, so uh, I wanted to try to get him on the pod and uh, to talk about his new deal. And because he is kind of quote a newest uh, or newer uh, Dallas Maverick, so. Uh, but anyway, player guests and stuff they'll come back uh, this fall. As I want to uh, respect that time uh, for them as they spend time with family and vacation and all of that stuff. But uh, so yeah, if you haven't uh, went back, if you haven't listened uh, some over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I had dimes from Mavs Gaming as he talked about their impressive season and all of that. Unfortunately, they got beat in the playoffs, but we talked about and previewed kind of the playoffs and their whole season back last week. Uh, Had a two-part podcast with Tim Cato of The Athletic, uh, who covers the Mavericks full-time here in Dallas now. And uh, I love that conversation with Tim. Uh, Great feedback from people on, on that. And this past week, you know, I had uh, Dole Raider Kobe, at Kobe Beef on Twitter, who writes for Forbes and Mavs Moneyball. Uh, he was on a few days ago. And then, obviously, the latest uh, Dallas Maverick and Tony's Cleveland was on yesterday's show. So uh, today's just me. No guests today. Uh, I'm going to take Friday off uh, this week. 
as I'm spending time with uh, some family just flew in uh, to spend time with my son, which is crazy uh, because uh, my son is now one year old. And we talk about on this podcast, Nick and myself, uh, kind of the community that's been built around this pod over the past two or three years and how a lot of you guys have, um, we've been interacting through Twitter and stuff for uh, these two or three years. And you, a lot of you guys listen to us every single day. And we're kind of friends, but not friends. We don't know a lot of you, but and a lot of you don't know us personally, but you hear about our lives. And it's, it's always crazy hearing uh, the people that we've interacted with for a while. And they're like, hey, I remember the very first time you got on this podcast and said, Oh, my wife and I are expecting, and so in a way, y'all have been been in this journey uh, with us in our lives as Nick has moved across the country and all this different stuff uh, that you've seen the whole pregnancy process with my wife and I to our son being born, and now you hear different uh, stories about uh, raising a newborn every now and then, and now, bam, he's already a year old, and it's absolutely insane. I literally, I tweeted about this. I said, you know, I spent like two hours putting together this car the other night on his birthday, and uh, I was so frustrated, but then I was so thankful for it, too, because I'm like, this is so cool, but it was making me mad. I can't lie. And I tweeted it out, and I was just playing around with it, said it was a dumb car, and so many people was like, hey, you're going to, you're going to, like, envy those moments as you get older, and I'm like, hey, I get that. That's the mindset I need to have, so I enjoy it, man. I, my son is awesome. My, my little family is awesome, so... I'll be taking tomorrow off and uh, spending it with the fam. Um, but anyway, the rest of this pod, I want to talk about some more listener questions. I Honestly, I'm not going to be able to get to all of these. I already did uh, a couple of pods talking about all these questions that you guys submitted. Um, I can't thank you guys enough. Y'all submitted so many questions. Uh, I'll We'll probably use some of these as talking points for next week when Nick is back on Monday. Uh, but I'm going to go down through some of these questions today, answer them uh, the best that I can, whether some of them are opinions, some of them might be a little sore, might some, uh, yeah, anyway. But um, yeah, let's get to some questions uh, right after the break. All right. Question number one for today, how hard will the Mavs pursue Andre Iguodala? I feel like we've been down this path a little bit ever since uh, Iguodala was uh, pretty much salary cap dumped uh, to Memphis. And Golden State needed to create the cap space. They attached the first round pick, sent him to Memphis. And I mean, it's been rumored since the day he got there. I mean, he probably didn't even go there uh, of... (laughs) How long will Andre Iguodala be on the roster? Uh, Iguodala is 35 years old. Uh, he's still playing at a high level for uh, the, the age that he's at. Um, contending teams, they need him and they want him. And uh, I think every single contending team right now, if they could have him, they would take him. And uh, he's just one of those guys, not just on the court and what he brings defensively and uh, as a veteran, but off the court too. So, how hard will Dallas pursue him? I'm unsure for sure at this moment. It's kind of a weird uh, situation with Iguodala because, you know, nothing's happened yet. He's been on, you know, at first you thought that it was going to be a pretty quick process. They were going to flip him pretty, you know, pretty quick. And I don't think that they buy him out because I think Memphis knows they're being smart about it. Hey, why are we going to buy him out when we can get something for him? So, yeah, I mean, I think the standard um, trade out there is the Courtney Lee, you know, in a second round pick or Courtney Lee in two seconds for Iguodala. Um, but, you know, the question that goes back in any type of hypothetical trades is, 
can Memphis get more than that? And and they might. And it might be a Chris Paul type of thing to where, you know, they might hold on to him for a bit and see how some teams start and then they trade him. But I, I don't think that will happen. I, I, I honestly think Iguodala gets traded before the season starts. But as far as fit with the Mavs, I love it. Uh, I, I've, I've cried. I've cried. I've cried. Uh, I've tried to talk about this uh, before. Um, I just think he's a great fit. I think he would automatically be your fifth starter. Uh, he would obviously play limited minutes. He's not going to play, um, you know, 30 minutes a night. Uh, but um, I think just vet-wise, he would be great. I think fit-wise in the lineup, he would be great. He, he would be your defender uh, for where Dallas wants to go this season and competing and stuff and uh, pushing for the playoffs and I think he would be great alongside Luka. I just think he would be an amazing fit. So if Dallas could somehow get their hands on Andre Iguodala, I would be uh, all aboard with that. So uh, I just don't know if Dallas uh, has enough to make it happen and exactly what Memphis will take in return and what some of these other teams are offering. Uh, Next question. Will someone on the roster emerge as a clear-cut third option. So I have a couple questions here about the third best player uh, quote. Uh, Kind of people are throwing out there different variations of um, third best player. Who's the third best player? Blah, 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 blah. So will someone emerge as the the clear-cut third? I don't think so. And I I don't think it's technically a bad thing. Um, It just all depends. I, I think everything... This is cliche, and we've said it before. Everything hinges on KP and Luca. Everything hinges on KP and how healthy he is. Luca taking that next step. If that duo is playing at the level that we think that they can play at, then it is okay. Who, then it's who is the third option? And I don't know if it has to be a clear cut third. Take for instance Portland. Portland this you know this year they lose Nurkic. They make it to the Western Conference Finals. They don't really have a, a clear-cut third. You look at the other guys on their team at that time, from Mo Harkless uh, to Seth Curry off the bench and Zach Collins and they had Cantor and uh, Aminu, uh, Evan Turner off the bench. I mean, you would say Nurkic was that before he went down, but after he went down, you wouldn't say that they had a clear-cut third. So I think it it all depends on... The level now, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, the level that they were playing at was absolutely incredible. So, if Luke and KP are at that level, I don't even think that we have to have a clear cut third, and I don't think we ever will. I think it, you're gonna see different combinations. Um, I'm really high on Delon, Delon Wright this year. I think I'll talk a little bit more about that, especially next week. There's a certain pot I want to do next week talking a, a lot about Delon Wright that I'm gonna try to convince Nick to do this pot with me on. Uh, if not, I'll just Figure it out on my own. Also, I think we're going to have a cool guest next week, by the way. Just throwing it out there. But um, what was I going to say? Okay, so DeLon Wright, uh, Seth Curry. I think Seth Curry will have his spurts to where you're like, oh, this could be our third guy. Uh, Dwight Powell, I think, will uh, will continue to be playing at the level he's at. Um, I think money-wise, when you look at the financial cap situation, you want Tim Hardaway to be that. I'm not for sure if he will be that. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if it, if we ever will have a clear cut third on this roster right now as constructed. Uh, but I also don't think it's that big of a deal either. Uh, let me just keep on. I actually, uh, I'm going to keep these third player questions, uh, kind of in a row here and then uh, I'll move on to a different subject. 
What are, I thought this was actually a good question. So shout out to whoever gave this question. Would our third best player be a starter on a playoff contender? Whew, man, this is a good question. Um, and I actually looked, man. So first off, you got to figure out who your third best player is. And I posed this question on Twitter a while back. I said, who's going to be the third best rated uh, 2K player when the 2K ratings come out? And you obviously know Luka and KP are going to be uh, one and two in some order. And then it's, who's the third? And uh, got a bunch of different tweets back with different answers from Seth Curry, Dwight Powell, Tim Hardaway, DeLon Wright. You know, it's one of those four. Uh, I think I would lean that 2K. 2K would go with Tim Hardaway, maybe Dwight Powell. Uh, but I think that they would probably go Tim Hardaway with the third uh, highest rated player on the team. But would our third best player be a starter on a on a on a playoff contender? And so then you have to look at what contender means. I think contender is anybody who has a realistic shot at a title. And I think this year it's more wide open than normal, obviously. But I think there's still um, what five to six teams. If you look at both the LA teams in the West. Um, then you just keep going down from there, Denver, Portland, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to, then you look at the West and Milwaukee and so on. So I think the, if I look at what player could be, I think the Lakers is the only clear cut answer or the clear cut playoff quote contender that I think one of these guys could start for. I think there is a world in which Dwight Powell could start at center alongside Anthony Davis. I think there is a world in which Seth Curry could sh- start for the Lakers uh, because they need a better uh, shooting uh, point guard maybe to play alongside uh, LeBron and AD and those guys. And you know, compared to you know Seth Curry compared to Avery Bradley uh, and Rondo and KCP and some of those guys, I think uh, there's a scenario in which Seth Curry would be starting. Uh, there, but the other playoff contenders, it, it's a little difficult. I mean, Brooke Lopez or Dwight Powell. I think you know Milwaukee would you know go with Brooke Lopez. Uh, going with you know any of these other teams, the Clippers have a, a, a lot of good role players alongside their guys. Uh, even Portland looking at, then you have to ask the question, would you rather have Kent Bazemore or Tim Hardaway Jr.? Uh, would you, yeah, and and just keep on going down the line with some of these guys and. Denver, they have a pretty rounded out starting unit. So I think if I had to say a yes or no question, would our third best player be a starter on a uh, on a playoff contender? I would say no, with the exception of okay, I would say yes, the Lakers. If you take out the Lakers, I think uh, it's a no at that point. Um, next question: Who will be the Mavs third best player? Good luck. I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I think I already answered it uh, anyway. So next question. Curry's role on the team. What will that role on the team be? And is Curry's D that bad? Is his defense that bad that they would start DeLon Wright over him? Uh, I honestly think they really want Seth Curry to come off the bench and to be that scoring guy off the bench. When Seth Curry played here before, I know the conversations within media people and you know questions thrown at Dallas at that time was, you know, could Seth Curry be a Jason Terry type? Now, I will say this about Seth Curry. I do remember uh, when he was here before about 
there was a conversation about, man, is he just one of those guys that plays better in a starting role? Uh, that some guys really feed off of uh, being in that starting unit to where guys like Andrea Godala and Jason Terry and some of those guys, they didn't mind. Lou Williams, another one. Lou Williams could start for over half the teams in the league, but he comes off the bench. They have embraced that bench role. Can Seth Curry embrace that role like one of those guys? And I think that's what Dallas is going to want him to be this year, is to be the scoring guard off the bench. And uh, so I'm really curious about that. I don't think it's all about Seth Curry's defense compared to DeLon Wright. I think it has definitely has something to do with it. I don't think Seth Curry is also that bad at defense either. So I, I think I don't want people to get that perception that he's a horrible, horrible defender. I don't think he's that bad. I think DeLon Wright's definitely better. I think he's uh, more versatile than Seth Curry. Uh, I think his size next to Luca is definitely a positive. Uh, but you kind of look at the, if you want to say DeLon Wright's the better defender, uh, Seth Curry's the better shooter. And okay, so what matters is DeLon Wright's shooting uh, worse than Seth Curry's defense? I don't know. I think that's where you have to have uh, you know questions and conversations about it. But yeah, roll off the bench. Uh, in a perfect world, man, could Seth Curry be this ver- could be um, this team's version of like a Jason Terry. I think that that would be perfect for them. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see uh, what role Seth Curry uh, walks into in training camp. Uh, let's take a real quick break and then we'll come back with more questions. All right, I'm back. This is actually one of my favorite questions because a lot of us uh, talk about the duo of KP and Luca and man, what the ceiling is for this Dallas team and everything. I talk about everything hinges on these two guys and how good can they be. But we all know that teams have to have stars or they have to have um, these players that fit their stars perfectly. So this question was posed and I really like it and it, it made me think and I think I think different people would answer this different ways and that's why I like uh, questions like these and get different perspectives and uh, for us to hear can I just go down a, a rant we need uh, we need other perspectives of other people's lives in our life if you surround the pe- if you surround yourself with just people who think like you that just believe like you that have the same answers as you uh, where are you actually growing um, I I want people around me that have different uh, perspectives from me and that have different beliefs of me because I want to learn from them I want to grow from them I have three globes on my desk and all three of them are obviously of Earth, but they all three are different colors. They have different maps on them. And people ask me all the time and say, hey, why at your desk at work, why do you have this these three globes? And I say, hey, it's the same globe, but it's three different perspectives of the Earth. And it's just a challenge. I challenge the people to say, hey, find people that have different perspectives of you. If you follow people on Twitter that just believe like you, they're just it's just going to be this thing of, oh, okay, we're all on the same page. Cool. But where are you getting challenged to think differently? Anyway, this is a solo podcast, so now I'm just going down a a mini... uh, Anyway, so I like this question because you get different answers from it. What piece specifically are the Mavs missing to become a championship contender? So let's just say Luka and KP elevate their game to all-star type levels. They're incredible. They're amazing. What is the third piece? What is that? Th- what is, what's what? What is a third piece that would take them to a championship level contender? 
Would it be, and there's a bunch of different options on this. Would it be a point guard type of guy that handles the ball handling with Luka? Would it be a lockdown wing defender? Would it be a versatile uh, four man? Would it be a center, uh, a better center alongside uh, KP? Would it be a Lou Williams type off the bench to run the second unit? There's a different option or a different things people would say to this question. And I'm going to throw out, uh, I'm gonna, I land on this one spot. The Draymond Green type. I think this team, for them to uh, be championship contenders, I thought about, I really thought hard about this, of what players around the league you would, not just obviously the Kawhis and all that stuff, but the like the the next role slash position that would be, that would take this duo and this team up the next level. And I honestly think it's like a Draymond Green 2.0 type of player. A guy that can... Play alongside KP, a guy that can, uh, that is versatile enough to guard fives in the league, but can play the fours, but also gives you the playmaking uh, at that spot too that Draymond Green gives. Uh, like I'm envisioning, like a younger Draymond Green, five years ago Draymond Green, four years ago Draymond Green, or just and honestly, playoff version of Draymond Green from this past postseason. Insert that player on the basketball court with KP and Luca. Unbelievable. I, I think that is that is the spot because when because Dwight Powell's gonna start with with Christoph Porzingis. He's gonna start at the center spot next to KP. But I don't see that lineup closing games at times. I don't see when when push comes to shove and it's go time, it's the last five minutes of the game, and the other team has their best players on the floor, and Dow's like, hey, I gotta have my five best players on the floor. I think a lot of that time you're gonna see KP at the five, and then who's gonna be playing that four and three spot? Because when you play te- play against teams like the Lakers, it's gonna their closing lineups are gonna be AD at the five and LeBron at the four. When you play against teams like Philly, their closing lineups are gonna be probably well they just got Horford, but I was gonna say Embiid and like Tobias Harris. Or you know when you play against guys like Milwaukee, it's gonna be you know Giannis sometimes at the five and somebody else at the four. A lot of teams you see them go a little bit smaller in these type of situations because they wanna they wanna switch. Uh, these end of game plays, they want to play faster. And so if you have the luxury of a Draymond Green type of player, I think it makes your closing lineup and it takes it up a notch. It puts it in like a near elite type of uh, status uh, in the league. When Toronto, you know, five years ago, they would roll out Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka all the time. But what, but then they had the luxury of a Pascal Siakam to say, hey, Abaka, you're going to be our five, or Marcus Gasol, you're going to be our five in these late-game situations. Siakam goes to our four, Kawhi goes to our three, and that's the type of situation. A Draymond, a Pascal Siakam, or and you, you insert whoever it is into that spot, that's the type of player I think would uh, take the Mavericks uh, up into that next level, considering Luka and KP take the next step. Um Let's keep on going. What's another question? Any possibility a trade happens before the season? I mean, anything's possible. I mean, I, I think, you know, them holding on to the Courtney Lee contract, they haven't uh, stretched wave that. Uh, and 
he makes $12 million right now. If they did stretch that, that would open about $8 more million in cap space right now. They would uh, have to pay Courtney Lee $4 million for the next three years if they did that. Uh, so obviously next season, $4 million dead money on the books. The season after that, $4 million dead on the books. I don't think Dallas wants to do that right now. I've talked about this on this pod. Um, I mean, I think that's the movable contract right now that you have to watch out for. He is a vet. Uh, he doesn't really, I don't think he factors into the rotation. I talked about that a few podcasts ago. So, uh, I think that's definitely the contract you have to watch and saying, Hey, can Dallas move that? Could they pull off an Andre Iguodala trade? I, yeah, theoretically they could. Um, will they make a trade before the season? I have no clue. I, I honestly, I'm not going to act like a, I know yes or no. You know, they're always, uh, scanning around and seeing uh, what's here, what's there, what's on the market, what's not. And uh, Courtney Lee would be uh, the contract that you would want to uh, look at that. So uh, is it a possibility? Absolutely. Does it happen? Uh, I'm not for sure. I guess if I had to choose, I'd lean no, uh, but uh, you never know. They could make a trade tomorrow and I'd be like, let's go. Let's, Let's do an emergency pot. Um, next question. Who will be our wing defender? This is a really good question. Because this goes into the Delon Wright question, and why I think you know you get um, you, know, you get Delon Wright in that starting unit because he get he has to take on the defensive matchups with the Kyrie Irvings, the Damian Lillards of the world. If you had Seth Curry or a lot of people were throwing out there, oh, let's just put two wings alongside Luca. Let's just throw out Justin Jackson and Tim Hardaway, you know, something like that. And you're like, well, cool thought, but. <laughs> Who's guarding the the point guard, the elite point guards in the league? You gotta have somebody that can guard them. That's why the Patrick Beverly thing was such a, a great fit that we always talked about. Delon right now steps into that role and he takes those other um, defensive matchups and, and everything. So you say who will be our wing defender at that point? Who's guarding our Kawhi Leonard's of the world, our Paul George's of the world, our you insert whoever, uh, Devin Booker's? If Delon Wright is guarding uh, another. Who guards James Harden? Who guards Russell Westbrook? When they match up with Houston, like they will plenty of times this upcoming season, DeLon Wright's going to take one of them. He's going to take, let's just say he takes Westbrook. Well, who's guarding James Harden? And I think this is where you're going to see that fifth starter be a rotating door. And whether I know a lot of people want to argue and try to put a name there, and I don't think we have to do that uh, because I think Carlisle's going to play around with it because you don't want Luka uh, chasing around one of those guys, and uh, you want a better defender than Luka on, at, at guarding James Harden or Russell Westbrook. So that's where somebody like Jordan Finney-Smith gets the upper hand uh, to where Justin Jackson might be the better scorer and the better shooter than Finney-Smith, but... That's where you're gonna. You might see a, a spot start, or you might see uh, you know Finney Smith in that starting unit at that point to where hey, we're gonna put Dorian on on Harden, we're gonna put you know, Delon Wright on Ru- Russell Westbrook, and then roll with KP and you know Dwight Powell and and go from there. But even in those type of lineups, I think that's when you could even see even more switch. You know, with with like a team like Houston rolling out like a Clint Capella at center and then a PJ Tucker at the four, then that's my that might be the situation where you want. Hey, we'll put KP at the five and then we'll put uh, we'll start Dorian and Justin Jackson instead of Dwight Powell. So, I think uh, one player right now is Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, outside of that, uh, you know, if you're going to say, hey, best defenders on the team, it's you know probably Finney-Smith and Delon Wright. Um, but yeah. 
I think Finney Smith will be your wing defender uh, for the team. Uh, guys, that's all the questions I'm going to get to today. Uh, Got to watch the time. And uh, Nick will be back. We'll be back on Monday. Remember, I'm taking tomorrow off, spending time with the family uh, as they're in visiting. And uh, Nick will be traveling uh, back to his home. So, yeah, thanks so much for listening over the past few weeks. I know it's been different without Nick, uh, but uh, I've tried to hold down the fort, try to talk about topics that you guys would uh, like to hear about and talk about different questions. Thanks for submitting all your questions. Uh, still, I told you, I still got a, a ton of questions that uh, we'll try to get to a bunch of them with Nick you know, starting next week too. So, anyway, thank you so much. Have an amazing weekend. Spend some time with some people that you love and some people with different perspectives of you or from you or different than you. You get the point. Peace out. Boom.